Hello, sports listeners, and welcome once again to our podcast, Looking Through the Rearview, All Things Sports, where we bring you the latest news, analysis, and discussion on the world of sports. Whether you are a fan of football, basketball, baseball, golf, cricket, or any other sport, we've got you covered, where we share our insights and opinions on the hottest topics. So, sit back, relax, and get ready for a fun and informative journey into the world of sports. My name is AJ Beamer, and there's my counterpart, Nick Homer, and we're back here for another week, live in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. We are definitely live, not to the listeners, we'll be taped, but that's for another day. How was your week, Nick? <laughs> uh, you know, it wasn't a horrible week. Yeah, you know, uh, kind of getting ready. For, I'm getting ready for spring and, and uh, warmer weather. Uh, although we had a beautiful. I was going to ask you, what did you think about that Thursday? Oh, uh, it was phenomenal. So uh, I'm ready for that weather every day. Yeah. What was the official temperature on that? 69. So, oh man! Yeah, so you almost hit it. Almost hit the yeah. 70 yeah. mark. Yeah. Yeah. So I walked outside after school, and and it's all I. It's a little early, but even so, you you drive down past parks, things like that, right, and yeah. it's like the entire world is outside. Yeah, which I, of course you want to get out and right. enjoy that weather. So. Right. Yeah, but it's kind of it's nice to see, and so hopefully those days are coming quick. So absolutely. Yeah. How about you? How was your week? Yeah, I had a a good week. My wife was away on vacation, and. Um, with two of our children, and, and one of them was, was home here. So, uh, yeah, good week. Had a fun day on on uh, Friday, yesterday at my school. We had a little middle school volleyball tournament, teachers versus eighth grade, and then seventh grade versus sixth grade. And long story short, the teachers were victorious. So we uh, brought home the, the championship there. Uh, yeah, didn't... Didn't get out to any uh, live sporting events uh, this week, but uh, definitely have followed up uh, on some of the happenings that have been going on in in more ways than ones in the the sports world. And uh, actually, before we start, Nick, I didn't share this because I was waiting to share and get your initial live reaction, that'll be taped now, but on, I have... Opened up my first spinoff of looking through the rearview, all, all right. things sports. All right, all right. Awesome. so I had a an interview with a friend of mine. I'm really looking forward to this too. Um, just so pretty much, he did most of the talking. I just kind of asked some some clarifying questions. Josh Sapley, um was my guest, okay, and he kind of just takes us through his his life and how sports have impacted him, and so. Yeah, that one's going to drop on Monday, and uh, just another way to kind of get our name out there. And, and, yeah. and uh, But looking forward to, to, if you are listening to this podcast, and you would like to uh, come on board for a Times Yours extended interview, we'd love to have you. Uh, one of the things, too, we've been kind of kicking back and forth is at, at some point here in the near future, we're going to try to bring on a, a third person every once in a while just to kind of change the dynamic yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to, to get. We know we have a, uh, a friend, Jeremy Richardson, who's a big-time expert and, and follows professional soccer and, and uh, uh, I guess, what's that called? Country soccer, I'm not sure. But once we get closer to the Women's World Cup this summer, we said we wanted to have have him on, but he's just knowledgeable in, in, in many, many things, sports and uh, – yeah, a couple other people have said they they'd love to try their hand at it to, yeah, to join us. So that'd be cool, yeah. some some good yeah, things. Yeah, man. And I I feel like anyone out there that's listening, yeah, if you want to be part of our podcast, we'll host you as a guest. So feel Absolutely. free to call. Feel free to give us a text or call or tweet at us at Through Rearview on Twitter, and let us know if you want to partake. So yeah, we're we're, uh, we're pretty welcoming welcoming here. So yeah. You could do it live with us, or we could probably even do a, a call-in Zoom and and uh, have you there. So, hey, thanks for, once again, 
listening, supporting us. You can always reach out to us on Twitter at Through Rearview, capital T for Through, capital R for Rearview. And that leads us here to episode number eight, which I'm kind of excited about. This one's a little bit more just, I don't know how you want to say it, kind of a freewheeling podcast. Yeah, we don't have yeah. specific moments like we did through the NFL playoffs that kind of drove it. So it, there's yes, plenty so, yeah. to talk about. So much of it has been football, you know, and driven. And so I think it'll be fun to kind of just kind of talk about everything and kind of throw our, throw our input in the mix about really any sport and there will still be some some NFL stuff uh, as that kind of world never stops but there'll be a lot of a lot, lot of other stuff so yeah so I think maybe we could get into a uh, a uh, skip Bayless Stephen A Smith argument here on live <laughs> on air <laughs> so Nick why don't you pull out the first uh, first topic you want to talk about well, I um, will start with NFL and just talk about, so it sounds like Matt Nagy is going to be the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. Uh, Lancaster's poster child yes. for football? Yeah. Uh, so, this is where many of you were, you know, Eric Bieniemy moved on to the Commanders, so that'll be interesting to kind of see. Uh, and it, it, Matt Nagy is back. He was the OC, left to become the head coach the Chicago Bears, and now is back. Uh, so it'll just be kind of interesting to see. Uh, yeah, in terms of the Chiefs, that train isn't stopping. So as an Eagles fan, we're going to continue to see them. Uh, uh, they do play in the regular season next year, and it is very tough to get back to the Super Bowl, but I don't see the Chiefs going anywhere, you know. Uh, and if you're in the AFC and you're a team out there, you're thinking – we really got an uphill battle trying to <laughs> kind of take on the Chiefs and um, and kind of because they aren't going to lose a lot of talent and that coaching train, even though they lost Ben and me, I'm sure will continue to roll under Reed. So yeah, that's kind of my first first topic. Uh, yeah. And uh, so interesting story about Matt Nagy. Uh, so we always called him growing up Matt Nagy because I played against him in high school football and basketball yeah. and. Uh, yeah, so he's he's finished out his Chicago reign, thirty four and thirty one. So not a terrible, terrible showing there. It wasn't right. like a debacle of you know a hard hard seasons getting wins. Oh and two in the playoffs. He's he'll I guess forever be remembered as the coach of the team that had the double doink. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think Chicago is a tough place to, to coach and play. Why is that? I just think. It's it's tough to get buy-in from a lot of players that play there, uh, and it's it's just a hard place to get consistent talent. Um, and get consistent talent, get a lot of, um, get a lot of uh, continuous, um, or you know, a lot of continuity in terms of coaching. Just I don't know. It just doesn't doesn't feel like it's even in the top ten of what where people want to play or coach, but right, I mean, that that can turn around. That could that could kind of you know. So since the nineteen eighties, when you had the the Buddy Ryan Mike right. Ditka era, I guess the yeah, the Chicago Bears really haven't <laughs> had success. No, I mean no. a couple of playoff appearances, but they haven't they haven't challenged for any kind yeah, of made uh, to that 06 Super Bowl. Oh, that's you know, right. But, I forgot about but, that season. Yeah, but other than that, Is that Lovey Smith. Yes, okay. but really, other than that, you're irrelevant. Yeah, you know, and uh, it'd be interesting to see what they do with Justin Fields coming up here. Who was the quarterback for that team? Was that Jay Cutler? It wasn't Jay Cutler. Was no, it? it was Rex Grossman. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so, and they yeah. played the Indianapolis Colts, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 In that rain game yeah, down in Miami. Yeah, rain game. Yeah, down in Miami. Yep, yep. So, Devin Hester, you know. Okay. Good defense, right? right. Smith was a good coach. Um, you know, knew how to control the ball. But yeah, they made it run with it. I mean, since then, I mean, it just has been not a disaster, just kind of you know somewhat irrelevant. <coughs> and now, what are they going to do with Justin Fields? And Justin Fields said that it's too cold there. 
Oh, he like, said that? Well, he didn't say that, but he said that he'd prefer to if the Chicago had a dome. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so, kind of what tells you what, what he thinks. Well, Jalen Hurts had the same thing to kind of say when they played in <laughs> Chicago. My hands were cold. <laughs> yeah. But, I, I, I mean, I... I don't. I. I can't say I would be any different. I remember right. midget football playing in a game, and I literally could not feel my toes or my hands, and I was. Do you remember where miserable? That was, where was that? Somewhere in Lancaster County here. Okay. Yeah, it's just yeah. midget. It might have been the midget. I don't think it was the. It might have been the playoff game that we were in, but. That one was played at Manheim Central. Okay. And so that probably would have been a playoff because I feel like they still have the midget playoffs. Yeah. Uh, up at Manheim Central, I think. Okay. So. But it was it was cold, and and I remember my sophomore year, I didn't play a whole lot uh, for the for the football team that year, just special teams. And there were a couple games where it was cold, and yeah, even when you are playing, you still can break a sweat, but it's right. Yeah, I would not want to be playing in Chicago. So, yeah, good good stuff from uh, Matt Nagy, Nagy, Noogie. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people kind of call him kind of different stuff, so. Yeah. Depending on what, what part of the country, and you pronounce it differently, so. Right, yeah. So, I think they're already starting getting into mock mock NFL drafts and things like that. and But, yeah. Interesting to see it coming out of, I don't know what camp, but Russell Wilson seems to be an interesting guy. Yeah. Yeah, the more and more that comes out, you know, how much of it was a facade, you know, of him of him in Seattle and, and kind of being at that team guy. And now reports are coming out that he wanted his, you know, that he wanted his own, you know, his coaching staff, his own coaches, trainer, get his own office. Now it's coming out that uh, he wanted Pete Carroll uh, fired. Uh, what? So it's just like, man, man. So now it's kind of Sean Payton's job to kind of, you know, and, and Sean Payton has kind of already come in and said, all right, we're not doing that stuff anymore. We're going to, we're going to play by my rules. Uh, so a power struggle in the near future, possibly. I think that Sean Payton's not going to allow a power struggle. I think that he's going to. I think that he's going to shut shut Russell down. Right. I mean, that, I yeah. mean, he can he can come in like that, but I guess <laughs> it's up to Russell Wilson to right. oblige. They are not... paying him a lot of money, so that's you know that's does it get to his head a little bit? You know, and, sounds like it already has. Yeah. <laughs> right. True. <laughs> True. But yeah. I, you know, I just mm. I don't know. You know, it's. It's it's interesting that Sean Payton picked that place out of all the coaching positions, but he he must like the challenge of it. I kind of think. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think he just like the challenge of it and kind of? Yeah, John Elway's no longer there. Um, I don't know what the what the. I mean, because Denver can be kind of a cold place to play as well. You you have the the thin air up there and. Uh, I mean, they have Russell Wilson, but I wouldn't call them a deeply talented team. They gave up a lot to get Russell Wilson, right. so it's not like you can just replenish the cupboard and and get back to work. Uh, but yeah, I, I like I said, I think a couple pa- podcasts ago, I'm not a Russell Wilson fan. <laughs> just yeah, yeah, I, I don't know, just. He wouldn't be like if I was on his team. It's not like he's a. Uh, I wouldn't be gravitated to want to, like, go out there, win it with him, and and be together, right? right I don't feel right. like he, yeah, kind of like he's like his. He's kind of like I think, that, the I think Kyler I think for, Murray, right? I think for a while we got that perception from him that that's the kind of guy that, you know. But now it almost now it's coming out that even people, you know, you learn a lot from players in the locker room. Right. What they come out and say after playing with that team because they're in the locker room with that those guys every you know you're in the locker room every week. Right. You can only put on a facade for so long. It's just more and more coming out that Russell Wilson is about himself and doing his own thing, and the money has gotten to his head. And I don't. I I never ever ever. I don't care if it's basketball, football. I can't stand. As a sports fan, when players either 
dictate or try to dictate what what if a coach is going to stay the coach of a team or not. I, I don't right. know why. It drives me nuts. Does that drive you nuts at all? You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, I mean, like, it just is, I don't like when players dictate how things are going to go that way. I think it's a different world in the professional ranks. The it's a it's a players' league, yeah. you know. So it's not like we. I would go towards would I ever do that or talk bad about my any of my coaches that I've ever had while playing for them. It just never would happen. You're you you would be buried on the bench or dismissed from the team. So. It's a players' league that they're getting paid the big bucks, and if they're not happy, I mean, you see that all the time in the NBA, right? Where yeah, that drives me crazy, right? I mean, doesn't doesn't to you? <sighs> not really. I mean, it doesn't okay. drive me crazy in the sense of like it, it like uh, makes me angry, but I just see it as that's that's who they're paying. It's it's kind of like the, the business. The, the coaches are an expendable. It just feels like yeah. it, it, it kind of eliminates the, the coaching factor in it. And how much of a of a factor does the coach have in professional? Now, more so basketball than football. I feel like football coaches play a pretty prominent role, which right. is why I think you see a little bit more of a of an opportunity for coaches to, to last long yeah. in the NFL if the, if they're winning. Right. Um whereas like okay, well, here's I mean, my here's my question is how 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 many seasons like seasons do you think over under 3 seasons if you were to predict now Sean Payton last in Denver. If I were to predict um I'm going to say over. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Him because of his reputation, right. his his resume. I think he gets a longer leash than probably a lot of other coaches oh, would. Absolutely. You know, but you know, I, I think that, um, you know, I, I think Sean Payton gets a longer leash. Now, if he goes like three and third, you know, thirteen or, or three and fourteen, or I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. I think, right? You know, I could see them going nine and eight this year, mm-hmm. I, and that's a stretch, maybe. But he's. I, I, he's a good enough coach. Is it is he phenomenal in every aspect now? But he's a he's a good leader. You know he's uh, has had a lot of. He's a big structure guy. He's big on structure. He does definitely plays by Sean Payton's way or the highway. And right. I think sometimes you need that a little bit. Yeah. So I think nine and eight was doable, right? Or not? Yeah, I, I think I mean, so. Russell Wilson can't f- fall off any more than he has. <laughs> you know, uh, in terms of playing. Well, we'll see. Uh, that's that's kind of the question: is is was it just a fluke year? Right. Is he really has he really tailed off that much? Is it going to be how much of it was just him clashing with you know right coaching staff that left? You know, just so here here's a question: bringing up the coaching and and how much of a of a leash does he have, and kind of comparing that to the NBA, and just saying like. The the NBA, how many coaches in the NBA could you name in comparison to the NFL? Uh I can't name <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean I can right. I can't I can't Doc name. Rivers I can name from Doc. the Sixers. Yeah. <laughs> um I know Tyron Lou, I think yeah. he's the Clippers, yeah. maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um I don't know who the Lakers coach is. Ham, I guess. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I guess it's coming a little bit. But uh, I wouldn't know. I know McMillan just got fired in Atlanta. Right. That's because it's, you know, new news. We heard heard of him because of his firing. Right. I don't know the name of the Celtics coach, even though I know he got the interim tag, which we talked a little bit about interim. Right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I can't tell you who uh, Memphis's coach is. Right. I can't tell you... Uh, most of the West Coast. I don't know who Denver's coach is, even though they're the top, top. So I think NBA players have more power to get a coach Oh, I believe, I believe that, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yep, absolutely. What about baseball? Can you name any managers of baseball? You know, um, not a ton. <laughs> but <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that, I think, yeah, at the, Pro level, 
NBA stars have a much bigger <laughs> uh, role in, in even just day-to-day stuff. Right. NFL level, I don't think as much, you know. And that was evidenced by just even the Seattle kind of made that, that trade because they're like, Russell Wilson thought he was going to go his way and get Carroll fired. And mm-hmm. he said, all right, well, we're going to trade you. <laughs> right. So they kind of said, all right, you want to play that power move, we'll, we'll go back at you. So Yeah, which is why Deion Sanders said, I don't coach, I forget what the exact quote was, something like, I don't coach rich guys or something like that. Right, which yeah. Which is why he wants yeah. to be in the college ranks. But I totally, totally get that. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, we can, we're just going to pop it around here. I guess I'll go fire off number two. Uh, I'm going to bring it back to last week and the TT fiasco, the Tiger Tampon fiasco. And <laughs> yeah, kind but, of got resolved in, in a sense. And yeah, it just kind of just faded away. But right. um, yeah, kind of Tiger, anytime he's in a tournament, he, he draws a lot of eyeballs. Right. And yeah, what were your thoughts on how he played? Yeah, you know, so because it's interesting. I mean, he for so long, you know, he he captured fans and and um, and especially with that two thousand nineteen Masters run, and uh, the way that he draws in people. Do, yeah. Do you feel like he's still enjoying it? So I will say this: I thought he played four rounds. And just by watching him walk, there were times when he looked maybe a little bit more labored, but I thought he got around four days, 72 holes, plus the, the I'm not sure if it was 15 or 16 he played on Wednesday, but I guess he walked the rest. So, you know, technically 90, 90 holes of, of walking on, on that foot and leg and all the other issues physically that he has. thought uh, the Thursday round played solid. I believe he was two under par after round one. Uh, round two just didn't look like he could get anything going and just kind of had a middle-of-the-pack round and, and looked like he kind of mailed it in at the end. A couple bogeys late, but he made the cut on the number at plus one, and then he, he turned around and had a great round on, on Saturday. I believe he had four under 67 at Riviera Country Club, which is nothing to sneeze at. And then Friday, I was hoping he'd he'd bounce back and have another round in the 60s. Uh, wasn't able to do that. Um, but I think it was successful. Now, I wish, this is just me as a fan, I'd love for him to come out this week and just give an update on his recovery. How's he, mm-hmm. yeah. how's he getting along? Yeah. You know, be a little bit more active on social media. Now, that's me being selfish as a sports fan. I totally respect the fact that he gives out no information and that's that's his prerogative uh but i think the pga tour has a, a bit of a of an issue <laughs> so he was you know bordering different times 40th place you know he made the cut on the number so he's basically in last place going into the weekend and yet all the focus is on him meanwhile the, the top of the leaderboard john rom and max homer you know, having pretty much a, a a duel that didn't get a lot of publicity, yeah. and and you know, Tiger Tiger kind of steals some of that thunder. Regardless, though, it was great to see him make four rounds. I would love to see him get another tournament in before the Masters. I mean, it, it really I I kind of had him dead in the water as far as never. Never, yeah, never. Yeah. Not only, not only, not winning. Just but, never, not, not even stepping on the golf course. Or no, I thought he would, but I okay. just didn't think he'd even compete. Yeah. But after seeing the round, the, the the four rounds last week, I think I think he could compete, compete, and get himself in the mix. And when you're in the mix, you, you just never know. Right. Yeah. So, anything can happen. Right. Bad weather day. Right. Couple, so yeah. it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. So there's a couple big tournaments coming up here. Uh, quickly, I know you had asked about you know how does the PGO Tour season work, and so pretty much moving forward, like this at the end of this year, the PGA Tour will end their season in late August, I think it is, and so then they'll have a, a few months off, and then they'll start their season back in January. 
So that's kind of how the PGA Tour season works. They have a playoff at the end of the year. It's gone from four events. I think this year they're going to have three event playoff where you have to have shoot a certain amount of you have to shoot a score and get points and you kind of jockey for position. Kind of hard to explain in yeah. in a quick way, but if you don't make the top 70 or 30 at some point, you don't move on to the next week. And then you the final week you kind of get an aggregated score like the whoever's in first place starts at 10 under par instead of just even. And then everybody below that gets less like 8 under par, 4 under par type thing. So and then whoever wins, then you just yeah. play straight up and whoever wins okay. wins the the tour championship. Do, do, do you have a favorite tournament? So as a golf, I mean, yeah. I, you're the you're the huge golf fan. I mean, for listeners out there, AJ golfs. He's a caddy. He likes golf a lot. You know, I watch golf. I'm not. I'm not for all those listeners out there. I watch golf, <laughs> but it's not my top. One of my top sports. But at the same time, I respect the game a lot. Yeah, it's come a long way. Uh, and uh, oh yeah, and and what year is the LPGA uh, uh, coming to Lancaster? Yeah, yeah, the women's. It's coming the back US. to Lancaster. The U.S. And, Women's Open, I believe, is 2025. Okay, okay. But it might be 2024. Okay, yep. So, yeah. but yeah, I'm a... I think mean, it's pretty cool. I'm a caddy at the Lancaster yeah. Country Club, so... Uh, do, do, when it came in 2015... favorite tournament? Oh, favorite tournament would be definitely the Masters. Okay. Augusta National in yeah. Georgia uh, for a few years. When uh, my wife and I were first married, I always applied to get tickets to go to the yeah. practice rounds okay. and never made it. But I would love to, I mean, it's, it's pretty much a pipe dream, probably impossibility of ever. How does that, so how playing does that, there, uh, uh, playing there, uh, you, but, you wanted to even, no, 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 no. <laughs> that would be like, you know, out of this world, but to try to get there to see a practice round, I mean, you get to see a tournament round would be amazing, but it's pretty, pretty tight. Pretty tight range. So, so is it? How does that? So that's kind of fascinating because this is the kind of the first time I'm hearing about this about getting tickets to go to the Masters. How does that system work? So you got to you have a tight window to go online, or, or yeah, it was or, like a, after the after the tournament ended. This was back in 2005. I don't know what it's like now. And they would have a. I think it was technically called like a lottery system. And so you put your name in, and this is wasn't even for the the tournament rounds it was just for a practice okay okay and then i guess they just i don't know what their their uh process was but i never never got chosen i think i did it three years straight (laughs) and i was like all right whatever well if we ever get if if you ever get them then we'll have to take those podcasts and do a live from augusta live from augusta i'll go down scott van pelt (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay so we'll do that if you ever get in absolutely so that's uh (laughs) That's a favorite tournament. And then uh, over the years, I've learned to really, I mean, growing up, the Masters was the one tournament that my grandfather would watch. Yeah. And so I remember as a kid going in and like, everything's quiet. And I just always thought, what are the, why do they watch this? And so, like <laughs> yeah. we said earlier, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Tiger was the one that kind of drew me in. And, and now that I play and, and I've studied the golf swing over the years, uh, it's just such such a hard game to to play to learn. I mean to to, to play well. So yeah, you gotta I, have so much patience because I. I, don't, I, I don't, <laughs> Are you a club thrower? Uh, I may have thrown a club once or twice back in <laughs> back in high school. I'm not not there yet anymore, but uh, it is just man. But it is in your head when you can't hit a ball. It just gets so much in your head. Yep. And then you overcompensate, and then you think about it more, and then you, I mean, it's just I've I've had it so bad at times, like that uh, I've gone to my like three iron on on teeing off. Yeah. Oh, that uh, driver. Yeah. That driver. Oh man, that's a beast. So that's why I don't golf a lot. Because man, oh man, you got it. Well, you have to golf you to consistently be decent on the course. It's definitely a sport that you you need to do it. Yes. You know pretty continuously yeah and you have to have consistency in playing it doesn't mean you're gonna be great every round that you're out but if it's hard to you know if you play in may and then you don't play against and then until september it's just that's just not and that's kind of where i am you know so yeah 
I mean, I think that you could say that about any sport. For instance, basketball. I remember when I would take extended time off those, just that the 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 touch around the rim, my dribbling yeah. was always a little bit, little bit rusty. But definitely with golf, you've you, the more you play, the you just get the feels, you get into rhythms, and yeah. So Nick, I'm gonna throw something out there to our listeners since uh. Uh, you've been a club th- club twirler in your past. Yeah. I think you and I this week, this summer, are going to get out for a round. Uh, okay, yeah, all right, that sounds good. And, yep. Uh, yep. and I'd uh, love to get two people from our podcast, our listening audience, if you're in the area, if you can respond to us at through Rearview, capital T for through, capital R for Rearview on Twitter, and. You know, shout us out and say, "Hey, I want to be in that foursome with uh, Nick Ulmer, and he'll have a team. You'll match up with him, and person can first person to shout out me. Say I'll be on your your two person team. We'll have a two person scramble. The uh, looking through the rear view uh, golf championship <laughs> deal. That sounds good. Yeah. All right. So shoot, hit us up on Twitter. <laughs> Man, I, I would love to even know if I could get even within 10 strokes of you. I don't even think so. But Not even close. <laughs> probably 20. <laughs> I guess that's the challenge. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> so, moving on, if you want to take it, I got something, but go ahead. No, no, no go ahead, yeah. I was just going to say, I think you said it earlier, too. Uh, got my first action or uh, of watching... Baseball with all the new uh, yeah it's, rule changes. Yeah, it, first uh, reaction. Oh my! I mean, it is, <laughs> I mean, it is going to be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Um, it's I think it adds. It's really it adds something to the sport that we've never have seen before. It dictates the pace a ton. Uh, I think that some of those batters that have the a lot of that pre pre bat warm up. Ugh. Changing of the gloves, change, you know, pulling up socks, spitting. <laughs> uh, just in the cup. Just in the, yeah, I mean, those batters are getting to that routine. So, I'm, you know, they'll adjust at some point. But, man, man I think it's going to be a huge adjustment for hitters uh, in a lot of ways. And it'll just be interesting at the end of the season when they average out the time of a game. I'm interested to see how much – that is different as to pre- previous seasons. You know, you talked about some of the announcers were saying how we're going to show replays on TV now because mm-hmm. there's there's not much you know uh, time you know in between. So I think overall, though, um, I think if I were to guess now, it's probably good for the sport. I think, but I say that with such hesitancy because it's just such a difference maker. Yeah. So ask me maybe when we're doing the podcast in like July. Right. Ask me, okay? Yep. Because I I gotta get used to it myself. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So, I mean, it just as I'm even sitting here thinking now, I I would love to to to, to compare it to. Does it feel a lot more like the little league championship? Just the the pace, yeah, yeah. You know the little right. leaguers when they you know show it on ESPN, they're not there adjusting everything. Right, he gets yeah. the pitch, yeah. boom, yeah. it's quick moving. So uh, one thing I, I wish I, I I wish they would have shown was sort of like in in the NFL coverage when the play clock gets low, they show it at the bottom so you can see. Oh yeah, it. that'd be quite kind of so cool. So it'd be kind yeah. of fun <laughs> to see, add a little intrigue, especially on on the TV coverage, you know. Oh, he's got five seconds left. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Get the pitch off. Uh, oh, so kind of add saying, a little intrigue yeah, there. Yeah. Um, one guy got picked off trying to make a single into a double, and and the announcers were just stating how the the bigger bases didn't give him an advantage. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was just kind of impressed with it. Def, it definitely felt faster than even in just that one inning that I watched. Um, because usually every, between pitches they show the pitcher grabbing the 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 bag, right? And, you know, right. Chalk bag, and then they'll show the hitter, <laughs> you know, adjusting his gloves. Then they'll get a fan in the stands, and then they'll do a replay, or and they have all this time, and and they just did not have time to squeeze anything in, and it was 
it was fun to watch. I saw a lot of pitches quickly. Yeah. And I think baseball has been considered a slow sport for a number of years now. And with the high, uh, the, you know, the, the, the fast pace of the NBA and college game in, in basketball, football, obviously, uh, you know, probably the, the most watched sport in, in the United States. Baseball just lagging behind right. and just slow and not a lot of action. But you get that pitch going and keep it moving. I think it's going to maybe not in the next two to three years, but I feel like it, it could make an impact moving forward, especially you got to get you got to get young people excited about the sport yeah. if you want it to, to continue and and continue to grow. So I think it's it's a good thing. Yeah. So it'll just be you just can't can't get a a, a refill on your drink and a bag of potato <laughs> chips every in between yeah, every yeah, pitch. You right, know what right, I mean? Yeah. Now it's right a lot more geared you know, geared towards the fans, uh, the pace itself. It's going to definitely be faster. It's going to be hard to keep score with. Like I'm that guy right, that when I, I go to a <laughs> when I go to a game, I always get the book right. and keep the score. It, it helps me stay engaged. And now. Man, I'm gonna have to write those pitches down quick, and then get a hit before that next yeah, pitch comes yeah, out. Yeah, it's gonna keep me on my toes. Yeah, oh, no doubt. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting to just see kind of how how teams use kind of. I don't know how much it'll change in terms of what pitcher they put in or what, but it'll definitely just change. Like, okay, like because if you're the pitcher, you know, you know, I think the pitchers will just have to dictate the pace a little bit, right? Get to that mound. You know? Yep. Yeah. So it'll be inter- it'll be interesting because with that fifteen second clock, obviously you're not always you know it'd be interesting to see like what pitchers would be like. Hey, I- I'm going to get it off in like eight seconds. I'm going to get up to the plate. If that batter is not you know fully set, hey, I'm right. pitch. Yeah. So it'd be just kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see how that that plays out and and continues on from there. Okay, kind of. Moving along, we came off the NBA All Star Weekend. Wow, what a what a game! <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a game that needs an adjustment. You know, I mean, my goodness, not competitive. No, you know, not really. Not to obviously for a long time we haven't had defense in an NBA All Star game, but right, we're taking the half court shots, we're taking you know, alley oops off the backboard, not contested. I mean, just. Just dumb. Right. It seemed kind of comical to me. So, why do you think it is? I mean, is it is it that just players are so focused on staying healthy and or winning in the playoffs and just championships only matter now as opposed to even during regular season greatness just doesn't matter? Because a lot of times, because even like when LeBron James scored – in past, you know, Kareem, you know, it was okay. Well, the scoring title was great, but right, he doesn't have as many rings as others do. You know, it just seems so focused on rings and championships. And now, it just is—is is that why the All Star Game has lost some of its luster? I mean, because I, I was even watching like old highlights of like some of those All Star games that Kobe Bryant was in and Michael Jordan, and it just was. I mean, was watching like like Kobe always was like, yeah, I wanted to win the All Star game, right? But just in t- just doesn't it just feels so lackluster, right? You know, like what are your thoughts on the whole? It's just I don't know what they would need to do, and it, it would come down to probably the best players having an attitude like Michael Jordan and Larry Bird and Magic Johnson going back, you know, the late eighties, early nineties, the the pinnacle of probably of NBA competition as far as cutthroat, right. you know, rivalries and hate hate for your opponent. Yeah, yeah they just they, – they wanted to win that game. And maybe the first half it wasn't quite, but it was as, as, as intense defensively. Right. But once it came to the fourth quarter, that was a game and it was yeah. fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. But it, and I feel like even that was the case even like – 
13, 14 years ago. Yeah, you yeah, know, I, agree. Was, I would agree. Especially in the fourth quarter, yeah. competitive, at least, like, hey, now it's go time. Right. Now it's just like, just from the start, it's just like, yeah. we're here to have fun. It's a joke, you know, da, 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 you know. Yeah. And now it's just like, okay, like, why are you even playing? But. So know, I don't know you, what they need to do. You don't want to lose. I don't know. I don't, I don't want it to become like the NFL where you just lose the game entirely. Right. Yeah. You know, do you monetize it heavily? You know, where you're like, hey, if you. You win, you get a huge bonus. I mean, I don't know, like, what do you right. do? A huge bonus. And what's what's what kind of a bonus would make people want to play? But, yeah, right. Yeah, you know, it's a million for the winning. Right. Like, I, if you make a bonus, make it, make it. Every player, I mean, I'm sure they could find the money somewhere. Every pay, player gets three million. Right. Losing team gets nothing. Right. Yeah. Seriously. You know, so. or uh, and, and you know, we talked said this the other week. You know, please go back. To, I, w- I want them to go back to the East West. Yes. Part I think that that would play kind of a little bit of a role, more of a role in it, you know. And that's what I enjoy. I mean, I don't. I haven't really watched an All Star baseball game in a long time either. But I do like the fact that the winning, the winning side then gets the home field advantage for the for the World Series, right. and so that provides incentive. You know, maybe it's not quite as fair to the team that you know specifically if you didn't have a role in trying to to win that All Star game, but. I think you're pulling. You're pulling for for and, and, your, and that's what's kind of ironic about baseball. Like in the past, you know, baseball's been slow, and it's been kind of like you know, is it outdated with some of these older rules? Yeah, but they're but it's funny because the All Star game generally is pretty competitive. Mm-hmm. Some of that has to do with a little bit more like you have some of your best pitchers pitching, right? And so, but. I feel like it is competitive, mm-hmm. and and the home run derby is fun to watch. Oh and, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I, I almost feel like that is the one sport that gets it right. <laughs> yeah, even though it's ironic. So it's kind the of regular ironic. season and doesn't, and, but and and they're working on it. But it's like the All Star Week is great yeah. in terms of baseball, and I'm not even baseball isn't even my top sport in terms of watch watching that. Right, so, right. Just interesting. Yeah. Now. To its credit, the NBA did have some some juice with the all the, the oh, yeah. dunk contest oh, and yeah, the clung did, yeah. bringing it down. Yeah, and, that was great. That was fun to watch. Yeah, it was. So never heard of the guy before. Apparently he has like YouTube channel or kind of a following for some of his dunks. But man, those were those were spectacular spectacular dunks. And Yeah, it was fun, yeah. It was just fun and it kind of reminded me of uh, can't say what it was, but just just the you know it goes back to that idea of here's a white guy winning the jump contest or the dunk contest, yeah. and so just to now put a plug in for this because it kind of kind of reminded me I, I recently watched the uh, on ESPN Plus the I think it's a thirty for thirty series, but it's called Best of Frenemies. Okay, which is going back to. The the it goes back to the '60s, and it documents that. But it specifically looks at the '80s, the rivalry between the Boston Celtics oh, and okay. the yeah, Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, yeah, and and it brings up a lot about race. And Larry Bird is white. Magic Johnson's black. Boston's kind of racist. Length, uh, uh, Los Angeles is probably racist too, but it's considered the you know the Showtime era, and I think it. I I feel like it even probably bled into the old the, the rap battle of East Coast versus yeah, West Coast yeah, kind of right. thing. Even though that's not completely with race, but um, but yeah, just having a, a a white guy win it, and yeah, I thought that was that was pretty spectacular. I remember a friend, Jamie Emhoff, if he's listening. Uh, <laughs> I remember it was early two thousands, and he's like. Go figure. I would have never thought that the top professional golfer is black and the top hip-hop rap artist is white. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. That's a good point. Meaning Eminem. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's funny. Yeah. So, but it was the fascinating just uh, take that they gave on just race and... Uh, even through the '60s in in NBA basketball and and how the the early '80s it was struggling or I'm sorry the '70s 
And it was this rivalry between Magic and Bird that kind of revitalized the NBA. And, and that's kind of my, my growing up years. I remember watching on CBS Magic and versus Bird and the Celtics. And, I, I mean, I hated the Celtics. I was, I yeah. was right there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so kind of ventured off there just a bit. But if you haven't watched that and you, you know, you're kind of in your 30s and 40s and 50s, highly, highly recommend Best of Frenemies, you know, the document, document, documentary on the Celtics versus the, the Lakers. So, yeah, good stuff there. So we hit upon some uh, baseball, a little bit of football, golf, Basketball, man, we've kind of hit it out, hit it all as far as the professional ranks. Any other, any other hot topics that you want to touch on there? Uh, not really in terms of the the, the pro ranks, okay. but uh, kind of a bit of a mess with the whole University of uh, Alabama basketball situation. Yeah, uh, and that whole you know uh, kind of debacle and what's going on with the University of Alabama. And Coach uh, Nate Oates. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts on that whole situation? You know, do you think he should, uh, you know, uh, he should have played? Do you think, I guess, you can't technically withhold him from the program if he didn't technically right. be charged with anything, you know? so Yeah. I, you know, I kind of tried to put my coaching hat on. And when you're, when you're the leader of a team, those, those kids become your – your family, right. and they're your, your sons. And, yeah, and I tried to put myself in, in, my, in, in his position. And meaning Brandon Miller, the, the, the all-star freshman, who, if you didn't know, he, he – there were well, – I'm not sure if both, both players were on the basketball team, but I know specifically one was. Yes, and yeah, uh, there's Miles was. Yes. So these two guys asked Brandon Miller, or one of them asked them, to get, I guess the gun was in his car. Yes. So he got it, gave the gun to Miller, or not Miller, to uh, Miles. Right. And that gun was used to kill, uh, I believe, was it an Alabama student? Or I don't think it was a student, just a 24, 23-year-old female. But it's just a tragedy. Yeah. And, yeah. It's and so I guess the question is: Should Brandon Miller be allowed to play? Would he have any legal ramifications right. for providing that gun? I mean, not necessarily providing, but you know, handing it to him. But you know, how, uh, and that, that's the thing too is that he didn't technically hand the gun. He happened to return the car that had the gun in it. Gotcha. So I missed that detail. So that is like the whole technicality of he didn't take the gun and hand it to him. Uh. Miles got the car or got the gun out of the car without Miller handing it to him. So it's just a lot of technicalities. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he returned. And he, per- and, and I don't know if they have the evidence of this, but so Miller drove the car knowing that he was returning the gun, but just didn't want to touch well, it. Well, that's or, where it kind of gets kind of tricky yeah. and fishy. And who know? And also, did the coach know what was going on right beforehand? Like before this came out, it sounds like he did. Yeah. So it's just. But, and uh, I don't really know all the details and who is right and who's wrong, but it just goes back to, like, any athlete and or any student at any college, like, it's just a good reminder. Even if you don't technically do something illegal, if you continuously put yourself in situations and environments that are not positive. I'm not saying this outcome. This now, this type of outcome is a little more extreme. Mm-hmm. But in general, general terms, if you continue to put yourself in environments that aren't good, you you run the risk of of something happening where then you're tied to something that shouldn't have happened. Right. So even if you didn't commit the crime, or maybe you didn't do the, the thing that was not up to either campus conduct or the law, you put yourself in situations then 
and you surround yourself with people that yep. get you into some sort of trouble. So, like, here's the thing. It's <laughs> my hot take. Are people just dumb? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In the sense of all these prior instances, like, let's just go back through just quick, brief history. Okay. So, like, one of the things, like, so I'm thinking about, like, say Michael Vick. Right. right? Michael, so Michael he Vick, right. got himself involved in the in the dog ring right. type circle. All right. Are people learning from that? I remember as a kid, I just was never going to do ever cocaine. Never. Right. Because of Len Bias. Oh, uh, yeah. Len Bias, yeah. Took, took, took cocaine the night of his draft, you know, going to the Boston Celtics, died. And I can think of, like, when, when, I, when, I, when I hear about things... Like, it, it kind of puts it on the map for me. Like, wow. Like, I feel like, and, you know, I'm, I'm probably very presumptuous in thinking this, but I feel like when I hear about stuff, like, I, I try to learn from it. But it just feels like some of these student athletes make the same, same mistakes. Right, the same. That there's precedence for it. Right. And, are you know, I know they've had all these programs about what to do, like NFL rookies and, and what not to do. But I just feel like... People make the same mistakes, but I guess that's just kind of the the history of the, you know, the human experience. That right? and maybe they get they start out of of kind of, all right, I'm never going to do this, or I'm never going to, you know, never going to participate in this, in, in these drugs, or I'm never going to hang out with this kind of crowd, or yeah, and then it's almost like as they get on campus and they get. Some notoriety, maybe they get yeah. a little bit of uh, big head, big head, you know. Then they they stray for further, further and further away from what they their intentions were, and then they kind of think like I'm untouchable. So kind of like it just gets worse, like it gets that slippery slope of like I'm too big for this, you know. I'm too big for this campus, or I'm too big of a player. They're not going to do any, you know. Right, and. Sure enough, now, obviously, this kind of situation doesn't always happen, but you just get players and even coaches that think, I'm untouchable. I'm not, uh, I'm going to live the life that I want to live selfishly, and there's no program or no chancellor or no president or any other, uh, you know, coach that will get rid of me as a player and if you're a coach you're thinking I'm too well liked here I'm not gonna get you know that uh, I don't have to follow all the rules that other coaches do you know it's just it's just fascinating to me yeah so all that to say man really think about like we talked about with Tiger Woods with the tampon and like like you're being watched and you're being and and that's a good thing, right? Let's make let's make positive decisions out right. there. And, and my goodness, uh, specifically like even with guns, like you know, a, a practical joke that's dumb is one thing, but to you know, put people's lives in jeopardy is just disappointing. So, but hey, that's gonna uh, kind of bring us to a kind of an abrupt end here. But we've got yeah. we've got to get moving here, Nick. Nick and I are heading up to watch the Hershey Bears. We'll give you a report on that next week. The experience it's supposed to be a packed house. Yeah, but uh. That's going to lead us now into our Times Yours. The guy's executed well. Time's yours. <clears throat> Listen, <clears throat> man, um, you have some water? <clears throat> Time's yours. <clears throat> Nick, take it away. So kind of a, actually a, a cool, really cool story, and um, it's been quite a process and a journey. Uh for in the wrestling world um the girls wrestling yes i saw this is on the path to becoming an official piwa state sport so they're they, they got past their first hurdle first hurdle um in the last few weeks here and getting to a hundred teams uh in the state of pennsylvania which was the first hurdle to move it to a vote so at the PWA uh, previous board meeting, the PWA unanimously approved adopting girls wrestling on a first name basis 
that's now the second step. So there's two more votes uh, at future meetings will be needed to officially sanction the sport. So that means kind of set the rules in place for becoming an official sport. Um, so the third and final vote then after that second vote will also need a two-thirds majority. Um, okay. I, I would be... Um, and McCaskey, Lancaster City's McCaskey was the first team to be yeah, with the team, in, right? In, yeah, in, in Lancaster County, yeah. And uh, it's been quite quite cool to see and uh, a lot of local people invested in it at the you know even at the state level so after those two more votes and as long as the third and final vote then gets the two-thirds majority then they it will become an official PWA sport so kudos to all the girls and coaches and efforts out there to kind of get that ball rolling I know it's been a multi-year process uh, and the fact that they're now at that point and, and, and ready for the PNAA to kind of vote on that is, is really cool. So that is my time is yours, and uh, it's been cool to see. And uh, so my hope is that uh, two-thirds of that, that vote in the, in the future will pass. So, yeah, time's yours, AJ. That was uh, fantastic, Nick. Fantastic. Yeah, shout-out to those... Uh... Those female wrestling teams, I think it's kind of a, a fun thing. So, my time's yours is going to be kind of just a eh, sort of like a shameless plug for the uh, just the segment that's being birthed out of this uh, times your or looking through the rearview all things sports, which is the the interview component of uh, this uh, this podcast. And so this week I had a chance to uh, interview a childhood friend. Joshua Sapli. And so it was just fun to hear him kind of go back and, and think back on, on some of the experiences that he had, his introduction into the sports world, uh, some some tough times that he had in the in the sports realm, which you know, I don't want to give away too much of it. You'll have to listen in on Monday when that episode drops. Um, and just fun hearing him afterwards. You know, after the podcast was over, just saying how it it really kind of got him juiced up to maybe get back into sort of maybe joining like a, a rec league or a, you know an adult league to kind of get back into that into that camaraderie feel of when you when you play on a team. So uh, that episode is going to drop Monday, and I'm looking forward to uh, have a couple other folks on the back burner. I'd also like to do one with Nick Ulmer. <laughs> so at some point, yeah, that'd, yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. So uh, I'd also like to do uh, just the times yours and share share my my journey. So that's kind of the the, the, the thought behind it is, um, yeah, and, and maybe down the road we could, yeah, one of even one of the episodes could be more of an interview type style, and we could talk about kind of our our sports journey, right. So I mean, yeah, you have a little more of a sports sports journey in terms of playing. You played in high school and basketball and. Right, but you played tennis. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. But it's just about, you know, we all have unique sports journeys. We all enjoy it, whether whether you, uh, you know, have played it, coached it, doesn't matter, you know. Obviously, haven't reached out, but just some people I'd love to reach out and get some former coaches. Del Jackson would be one who runs the LLHoops.com. He's a former college coach of mine. I uh, would love to, to get him on somehow, uh, asking him questions. And so, yeah. Uh, if you if you have an interest, you know, let me know. Let us know at, at through Rearview, or obviously, if you know my personal information, you can let me know there too. <laughs> yeah, you're always more than welcome. So, to shout out to me too. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and 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 Nick, get my personal info. Nick at some point too is going to be uh, launching a solo podcast segment, possibly in the future. Yeah. As he continues to yeah. brainstorm and think about that. Yeah. So, but yeah, so we're enjoying giving you content and different different aspects of the sports world that we're, we're touching on and uh yeah that's my time's yours nick any last thoughts no uh sports fans out there thank you for giving us more and more uh just you know motivation to continue uh, uh <laughs> our podcast and uh continue to listen and been fun and we're gonna 
continue just to kind of tweak it here and there as we see fit and every week's a new adventure so everyone have a phenomenal week come back and listen and go Phillies as they start spring training which is hard to believe so that's right yeah how about you EJ my last thought is just hey as that weather starts to get warmer get out there pick up a tennis racket out to the tennis tennis courts play some pickleball uh, join a, a co-ed softball over 40 league 30 league whatever the case may be um, yeah let's uh, in this world of you know post COVID let's get back out there and you know put the Put the phones down and get back out there and, and participate and, and, and build relationships through through the, the vehicle of sports. So we will see you, or not see you, we will talk to you next time on the podcast. Friends, sports continue to bring joy and excitement to millions of fans all over the world. From thrilling victories to heart-wrenching losses, sports offer a roller coaster of emotions. It is a reminder that no matter the outcome, it is the passion, dedication, and hard work of the athletes that makes sports such a beloved pastime. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you join us for the next episode of Looking Through the Rearview, All Things Sports. Sports.